It is a rite of passage, that moment when a young child slams his or her foot down and says loudly and defiantly, I can do it myself. It is a natural milestone on the pathway to becoming an independent, well-functioning adult. We encourage our children to do it themselves as they grow, and rightly so. Each child eventually needs to learn to get dressed on their own, to brush their own teeth, to do laundry, and to handle their own emotions. Part of the job of a parent is to get the child ready for the day that he or she will be without us. Children gain not only practical skills in the process, but they also grow in confidence and self-esteem. Truth be told, adults also get the same sense of pride in knowing that we can do something ourselves. Just look at all the DIY or do-it-yourself books and TV shows. There's the do-it-yourself wedding, the do-it-yourself car repair, the do-it-yourself home renovation. At the same time that social networking and globalization emphasize our interconnectedness and our dependence on one another, we still hold up independence and self-sufficiency as the ideal, as the image of perfection. And we see this same correlation of self-sufficiency with perfection in the way that we understand God. Many theologians, both the armchair and the formally trained varieties, bristle if someone raises the possibility that maybe, just maybe, God created the world to fulfill some need that God has for companionship or for relationship. Certainly God doesn't need us, we say. God doesn't need anything or anyone. After all, God is God. But maybe today is the perfect day in the church calendar to question this assumption that many of us have about God. Today is Trinity Sunday, a day when we take a closer look at who God is within God's self and how God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all fit together to make the one God that we worship. It's a good thing that the church sets aside a day to talk about the Trinity because the doctrine of the Trinity can be hard to understand. How can three persons make one God? How can they all share the same essence, be co-eternal, and be equal in power, and yet still be three distinct entities? I will never forget someone making an appointment to come talk with me, and when we sat down in my office, the first thing she said was, okay, so now explain to me again why we are not polytheists. And I get that. The Trinity is a difficult thing to comprehend. And so we have a tendency to talk about the Trinity without ever letting this doctrine sink in and transform our deepest understanding of who God is. Even though we talk about the Trinity, too often we have this image of a solitary God, this individual, who chooses to create us and to love us. As if God were alone and then one day decided to create the world in order to have something to love and then voila, the first relationship was born. But that image doesn't capture the truth of our faith. Because what we see when we look at the Trinity is that there is this kind of eternal relationship or friendship that exists within God's self 
a sharing of love and self between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a sharing of love and self that makes all other relationships possible. See, relationship isn't something that God does or something that God chooses. Relationship is what God is and always has been. Relationship isn't a sign of neediness or incompleteness. Instead, it's built into the very framework of perfection that we call God. In his book, Love Wins, Rob Bell says this about who God is and what that tells us about how we came to be. He writes, God is love, and love is a relationship. That relationship is one of joy, and it can't be contained. Like when you see something amazing and you turn to those you're with and say, isn't this great? Your question is an invitation for them to join you in your joy. The amazement you are experiencing can't be contained. It spills over the top. It compels you to draw others into it. You have to share it. God creates because the endless joy and peace and shared life at the heart of this God knows no other way. See, God didn't create the world because God needed to. And God didn't create the world because God stood back and made this studied, rational decision that creating the world was the right thing to do. Instead, God created the world because God is love. And that's what love does. Love spills over. It overflows. Love breeds love. It makes more of itself. No wonder our lessons for this Trinity Sunday are all about new beginnings. We look at the creation story in Genesis and we read back into it glimpses of the Trinity. God the Father speaks the word while the Spirit blows over the face of the waters and a world is created. A world that God declares good. A world that comes into being through the love that exists within God. In Matthew, we hear Jesus telling the 11 disciples to go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The disciples have themselves experienced something of who God is. And what are they supposed to do? Go out and invite others to experience that same love, to be baptized and to walk in newness of life. Love is by nature creative. It always creates more of itself. We see this theology in our Episcopal marriage service. We pray that God will give the couple getting married such fulfillment in their mutual affection that they will be able to reach out in love and concern for others. We say this in our marriage service, but the same thing is true of love that's within a friendship or a family or a community of believers. The love we have for one another should spill out into the world around us. It should strengthen our relationships with others in the world. It should empower us to imagine more, believe more, and give more of ourselves than we ever could otherwise. That's the creative, generative, and fertile nature of true love. It is what brings the world into being. It is what sustains the world every second of every day. The love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit continually spills over, continuing to create the world, continuing to make all things new. And having been baptized into the life of God, we are called to participate in this creative, generative love. 
We are called to be co-creators with God. So this morning it's worth asking ourselves, are we living up to our calling? Does the love that exists within God and in which we share through the Spirit overflow from us in this place? Is our joy so great that we can't contain it? So great that we find ourselves sharing it with everyone around us saying, isn't this great? And drawing others into the love that we've found. Because God is love. And love is a relationship so full of joy that it can't be contained.